Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> already know. Yes, the lady who loves sports, that would be me. You know how when you're just excited to go to work because you just know it's going to be a good day and, you know, no matter what happens, this is going to be a good day. That's how I feel today. I hope everyone is having a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday. And the next two hours are going to be just as wonderful. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for tuning in once again, as I said, to the lady who loves sports. That would be me, your girl, TJ, and this is LL Sports 2 with TJ, where we are here to help educate the novice female fan, fan, (laughs) novice female fan on the fundamentals of baseball, basketball, and football. All right, and we do that when each and every Wednesday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and there are several ways that you can join the show. Let me go ahead and tell you right now. One, you can pick up your telephone. You can dial 347-826-7924, or you can log on to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Sports 2 or you can catch me live on Facebook, Tina D. Jackson. Now, you may need to friend me, um, and then I'll accept your friend request. So if you have friends that you want to tell about the show, or just make sure that I tag you if I'm your, you know, we're already friends, and then you can share. That share button is the best thing in the world, I promise you, okay? <laughs> so, yes, that is how you can catch me. And this is an interactive show. What does that mean? That, that means I want to hear from the listeners, okay? I want to talk to you. I want to hear from you. I want to, you know, just share ideas and thoughts and opinions and all that good stuff, okay? To make that happen, all you have to do is press the number 1. If you are listening in on your phone line, you can join me in the chat room, all right, if you go to that home page. Or if you want to get on Facebook, just start typing away on the timeline, all right? And there, one of the three ways, I'll get to you. So if you got a question, I'll get you an answer. If you want to give me your opinion, I'll put it out over the air, and then hopefully we can get some other people talking about it, or however it goes. But, you know, however you want to reach me, I'll be there, just like Michael said. Just look over your shoulder, baby. (laughs) 
I'll be there for you. All right, so with that, I think we got all the housekeeping out of the way. So that means that um, right now it is time for me to bring in guests, uh, the one that um, luckily we've been able to get him at least once a month on the show. So I hope you all have been enjoying it because I did put it out there and you said that you liked what we were doing and, and, and you liked what we were bringing to the show. So, you know, you ask and I shall hopefully give so you can receive, okay? <laughs> so with that, without further ado, let me go ahead and bring in, yes, one of my most favorite co-hosts. He resides in the Silicon Valley. And um, his favorite <laughs> catchphrases are, them damn giants and them damn niners. Uh, it can only be one person, and that's Marlon. Welcome to the show, Marlon. I am absolutely thrilled, DJ. You know I'm hella pumped. <laughs> I'm oozing with excitement. So uh, honored, as always, to be on the show and looking forward to it, bringing your listeners uh, uh, hopefully uh, a, a, a good show and uh, good thoughts and um, good memories and, uh, and plenty, plenty, plenty of excitement. That's right. That is right. That is the agenda for the evening. So let's see. Um, oh, my Bulls are they're playing the Warriors tonight, uh, 10.30 p.m. ESPN. So uh, my Bulls fans, Warriors fans, y'all make sure to catch that. Um, unsung tonight is David Hollister. SVU is having their 400th episode tonight. But, Marlon, I think you are a happy camper because I think I saw some trailers or some previews. Is The Walking Dead returning this week? Sunday. Sorry, <laughs> 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 we didn't get some special effects. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I wish I wish I could say my new favorite line, but I can't say it on the air. <laughs> okay. All right. That's right. Keep it clean for me. As clean as you can. <laughs> it's, uh, I am uh, for for the fellow Walking Dead fans out there. You you know I'm all Team Negan, so uh, you know what his line is, and uh, that's my guy right there. Let Lucille eat. <laughs> okay. For all the Walking. Dead, uh, what, what, what do what do y'all call the? Uh, are y'all called the Walking Dead or y'all called the? Y'all the have Walking a nickname? Dead. Okay, the Walking nope, Dead. No, don't okay. need one. Okay. Just all right. It. TWD or just the Walking Dead. Okay. <laughs> well, hopefully they knew what you were talking about because I didn't understand a bit of it, but that's okay. <laughs> but at least I know it was coming on. See there, so I pay attention. I do. I try. I try. There I you try. go. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and let the listeners know what we have on tap for them tonight. All right, on tap tonight. Wow, the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. Did the Falcons lose it or did the Patriots take it? Tom Brady involved in another gate, <laughs> Jersey Gate. <laughs> it's always something with those guys. <laughs> and we're going to recap the NFL Honors Award show. Uh, the NFL Hall of Fame definitely dropped the ball again. Then we have just more NBA, NFL, MLB news and notes. Of course, Wednesday Wikipedia, Lou's, Cinder's lyrics, and TJ's incredibly and always wonderful 
motivational moment and so much more if we get to it. Let's see. All right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into our first break. The breaks tonight are a little bit of carryover from last week, and we're also celebrating um, a, a birthday. So the breaks will be uh, kind of geared toward the birthday boy that was celebrated on February the 5th. So if you're a fan of um, – if you were, if you were listening to the show, you know who it was last week. And if you're a fan of the group, then you should know whose birthday it was this week. All right. So we'll go ahead and jump into our first break. And then on the outside of this, it has turned into an instant classic. I've already watched it three times. I've watched Inside the NFL twice now. I mean, it's, um, <laughs> man, it's, uh, I'm, I'm just thankful that, that neither one of these uh, teams in the Super Bowl were my actual team because I may have ended up at Grady, DeKalb Medical, and um, Crawford Long all in the same night. So we're going to go ahead and jump into the first break, and we will be right back talking about Super Bowl 51. This is TJ and Marlon, LL Sports 2.
347-826-7924. That's the number to call to talk to your girl, TJ and Marlon, this evening. And, yes, it is in the books, Super Bowl 51. In case you don't know who won, let me just play a little clip from um, the winning team. Let's take a listen. Two years ago, we won our fourth Super Bowl down in Arizona. And I told our I told our fans that was the sweetest one of all. But a lot has transpired during the last two years. And I don't think that needs any explanation. But I want to say to our fans, our brilliant coaching staff, our amazing players who are so spectacular, this is unequivocally the sweetest. The sweetest. 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to TJ and Marlon tonight. And, yes, Super Bowl 51, Patriots 34, Falcons 28, in the first overtime in Super Bowl history. Also, um, the first, uh, the largest comeback in Super Bowl history, New England trailed at one point 28-3 to in the third quarter. Uh, so we're just going to talk about it, Marlon. Uh, first off, did you watch the game? Yeah, I did. <clears throat> okay, um, good. I, I, I watched it. I did get inebriated pretty good, but <laughs> I did watch it. Uh, of course, I had no rooting interest. I just had my squares that I was trying to win, but I didn't win any money. I did win a little table bet that we was just uh, messing around with. Uh, we was making random bets at the table. But I will say definitely uh, it was an interesting game and entertaining. And uh, wait, wait, it, it, wait, it before, did. before you start, I got two questions for you that I, that I want to ask sure. you. And then go ahead. So first off, what impressed you with the Falcons? We're going to do this by halves too, okay? So we'll talk about the first half first. What impressed you with the Falcons in the first half? And then what surprised you about the Patriots in the first half? What impressed me with the Falcons first off um, was the speed. Uh, I, I thought when they opened up and uh, with the pitch right away and, and getting Freeman to the edge, I thought that that was big. And, and they they showed their speed. Um, so, which, you know, we knew they were a fast team and, of course, playing indoors. You know, I, I've never really liked indoor teams in it, anyway, really. But they really showed it, their speed uh, in the first half. And uh, that was really, really uh, impressed with it, which, of course, I've seen it firsthand in Atlanta. Uh, and what was surprising by the Patriots, uh, they were rattled. Uh, that's the first time I've really seen a Belichick team completely kind of off their kilter. That they, they couldn't muster anything in the first half, and that was actually really, really surprising. And, and of course, the pick six was, was a thing of beauty. <laughs> 
That is so funny. I, I don't know if we've just been friends so long, if we think along the same line. Well, I know we don't think along the same lines because nine times out of ten, we are disagreeing about things. But um, that is funny because that's <laughs> the exact same thing that I said because, you know, I like to keep notes so that I can stay on track. But, yeah, what impressed me right. most with the Falcons in the first half, um, it was the speed, the speed of the defense and just how quickly they appeared to get to Brady. You know, because Brady's pretty quick. He's one of the, the quickest quarterbacks in the league as far as getting the ball out two or three seconds most of the time, um, or he's, at least being mm-hmm. able to step up in the pocket and, and throw it away, if nothing else. Um, but then after that pick six, like I, I, um, I honestly I thought it was a wrap because uh, yeah. if you would have told me, because you know throughout the season nobody really talked about the Falcons, but the one thing that that I could. Um, admire about the Falcons because I do watch them every week with me being living here in Atlanta and then being the local team. But um, they were a very complete team, meaning they don't do really good in the first half and then fall off in the second half, or they generally start slow in the first half and, you know, pick it up in the second half. They were, they were a very complete team throughout the whole year. So if they had put up 20 in the first, you can automatically assume that they would put up 20 in the second. You know what I mean? So it was just like um, I right. never in a million years would have thought that 28 would have been it for them. And then uh, going with what surprised me about the Patriots, it was the inaccuracy of Brady. I mean, the way he was just overthrowing um, Edelman and Amendola, mm-hmm. um just you yeah, know, wide just like open in the was, middle of the field too. Right, <laughs> right, and you've never seen him that inaccurate. So you know that he he felt the pressure, even if the if even if the Falcons weren't coming, he thought they were they were coming, and he was just right. um he, he was definitely rattled. So um, yeah, we 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 picked up the same things from um from well, and and the thing about it, um, it's it's always been a thing with actually with Brady and Peyton. One of the things that always that gets them off their game is speed, is is getting to them quick because, of course, you know, Brady is all about that short passing game. He's all about, you know, the four-yard, hey, let's, let me get this thing out, and um, and 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 that's it. But him, him and Peyton both were notorious about if you get to them early, they actually – you can't get them off their game. And then they try to speed it up even faster. And, of course, you know – you try to play too fast, that's when mistakes happen. And uh, Atlanta definitely, you know, had them on the ropes. I mean, so. Exactly, exactly. So I was just, um, yeah, I I was impressed (laughs) beyond belief because, you know, one of the the things that I said going into this Super Bowl was the inexperience of the Falcons going up against the experience of the Patriots. Now, of course, your first time, it's, it's going to be somebody's first time anytime, you know what I mean? So it's like you can't hang your right. head on that. But the fact that um, I, wasn't, I was not worried at all about the offense of the Falcons because, for one, they had been together, that unit, for so long. And then they've been clicking, like I said, on all cylinders. Um, mm-hmm. And if, if they did try to contain Julio Jones, then they had the two-headed monster with, with – um, Coleman and, and Freeman coming out of the backfield. So the I was not worried about the offensive at, at all, but that defense, though, because they had, I think it was four rookies and three other. They were this was their second year starting. Right. So yeah. that's that's a, that's young, you know, and to and to be in the bright lights of of the Super Bowl. No, I've never played, um, you know, no foot. I've never played football, of course, but everybody who's been to the Super Bowl, any former athlete, they will tell you, it doesn't matter about. 
It doesn't matter about the playoffs. It doesn't matter about anything. When you step on the field for that Super Bowl, it's a totally different beast. Just the atmosphere itself is different. So you just have to expect that at some point, you know, it's going to sink in with a new team, you know, a team that's been there for the first right. time. And they're going to get caught up, whether it's, you know, they, they, they over-exude too much energy in the first couple of minutes of the game or it takes them too long to, to, to get into a group. Um, so, again, the only, the only thing that I was really questioning was the defense of the Falcons having to go up against the experience of a Tom Brady-led um, led offense. But the Falcons, they said, we don't care. We, they act like they've been there before. Well, and that's, and that's the thing. I mean, you know that you haven't, but, um, you know, you have to be confident, and success breeds confidence. And they were so successful in the first half that they, you know, they should have been confident. And, um, you know, that that right there made those rookies grow up really fast. You know, so now they're playing with, with comfort, but, you know, there's always uh, two sides to every story. There's, Either two halves, two sides, two something. Everything is split down the middle. <laughs> that is so true. Three four seven eight two six seven nine two four. That's the number to call to talk to TJ and Marlon this evening. We are recapping the uh, Super Bowl from Sunday. Patriots and the Falcons. Like I said, the first overtime, um, first overtime game in Super Bowl history. And you know what, Marlon? The funny thing is. I hadn't realized that. You know, it's just like you think oh, yeah. about it. 51 games, it never dawned on me that neither, none of them had ever gone into, nope. into an overtime. And it was funny, too, because I was watching Inside the NFL. And, you know, I, I love that show because you get the behind-the-scenes and, the, you know, the microphones on the sidelines and all that. So I encourage any football fan, if you are not watching Inside the NFL, if you haven't seen it, especially this week's episode, please Google it, YouTube it, or whatever. But anyway, um, they were saying when they started up the um, the overtime, Marlon, the referee said, "Okay, we're going into overtime." He didn't. He did say the sudden death, and he did say the um, you know, the rules. But he said, "We're going to play until someone wins." I don't know if that was a slip oh, yeah. of the tongue or if they meant it. No. Like it was just going to go into multiple overtimes. Is there a rule yeah, for that's, that? That's, yep, that is the rule of the Super Bowl. There, you play until somebody until someone wins. Uh, it starts off as a first as a typical overtime but then yeah it, it will just you just play on until somebody wins that's that's the only game um that is stated to that way that yeah you're just gonna play until somebody wins this thing it, it would never be a super bowl tie that's, that's definitely good to know but um i was like yeah when he said that i was like oh wow i i, I didn't realize that but then again i didn't realize that no other team had ever you know or, or game had had ever gone into um into overtime. All right, so um with that so now this Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I was like, but dang. Yeah, like I said, it just never dawned on me. Okay, so then with the second half, now we're gonna move into the second half of the game. Um, like I said, it just the um the score was twenty eight to nine with two minutes and six seconds left in the third quarter. So uh, my question now is, um, was there ever a time where you thought that the Falcons had it wrapped up, like you were just like, oh, man, you know, happy and like the Falcons are going to win their first Super Bowl? And or when did you think that the Patriots had a, sh- had a chance, had a shot to get back in it? Uh, 
Well, I thought the I thought the Falcons had it wrapped up at halftime. Um, so because the way that they were playing, the energy that they had, um, you know, and I, I thought the game was over at halftime. And I didn't think that New England was going to win until overtime, until once they, they got the ball and they drove down the field. When they, when they won the toss, I figured that they was going to at least go down and, and get a field goal. And then would Atlanta be able to answer, you know, um, but then when they drove down and scored a touchdown, yeah, game over. Exactly. I want to go. I want to go to uh, Facebook here real quick. Ms. Rock, I see you out there. She said, uh, "But you went from a touchdown, not a field goal, right?" Um, and you're. Ta- I assume you're talking about in overtime, whether it's the Super Bowl or playoffs. Yeah. Because yes, yep. if you go in, if if the team who wins the toss, if they score a touchdown right off the bat, the game is over. But if the team who wins right. the toss, if they score a field goal, then the other team has an opportunity to at least have possession. So if they go down and score a field goal, it's tied, and then it goes to the next person who um, scores. If they score, if they score a touchdown, then of course game's over. So, right. I hope that answers yep. your question there, Ms. Rock. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I'm with you. When when like I said, when the pick six happened, I was like, because trust me, I was in a sports bar with nothing but. Falcon fans, of course. I think there were <laughs> there was one bartender. Uh, she's behind the bar, Roxy, and she's been there. She's a long time fa- favorite um, bartender at the, at the sports bar I go to. She's a Patriots fan, diehard. So she was decked out in her gear. There, were, I think there was another bartender who had on a Patriots shirt. I really don't think that's her team, but I think she was just supporting. And then there may have been three other people that were that right. were actually like rocking Patriots gear, and then me. <laughs> and of course, I had my 49er stuff on, and everybody thought I was crazy. And I was like, "Listen, this is about blood now, okay?" Because my brother, I knew wherever my brother was, he was the only one representing the Patriots. I'm sure. So we right. had I was representing at my sports bar. My mom was representing, you know, at home. She had went to, you know, a, a little um, Super Bowl party with with our family. But even when they started going bad, and I'm, I, you know, matter of fact, hold on, I got to give my mom a shout out here. I got to do this. <laughs> Marlon, when I talked to my mom And she said, Tina, I just had to go Because, you know, the, the Patriots, they just weren't doing good And I just had to get off from around that negative energy So superstition, it has finally reached my mother She finally gets it <laughs> <laughs> I said, because that's me and my brother thing It's only crazy if it doesn't work I'm telling you <laughs> I have so many yes, superstitions, but um, Absolutely. but yeah, so my mom she was she was she was holding down the Patriots, and then my dad he was the only one holding down the Patriots because he went to a super Super Bowl party as well. So, D, we we had you, we was holding you down. Now it, it was rough, but <laughs> we were doing it. Right. But um, <laughs> but yeah, like I said, at halftime, uh, after after the pick six, I was like, man, the Falcons they are going to get their first Super Bowl. And then when they came out in the third quarter. And then, you know, the, the, the Patriots didn't do anything, and then Falcons went down and finally scored. Um, I just knew it was a wrap when it was 28-3. to 3. I really did. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, um, I didn't think that the Patriots would win. I thought they were going to make a valiant effort to come back. But when it was 20-28, to 28, I said, um, I don't know, because it's a lot of time. <laughs> Right. So when they scored and it went to it was twenty to twenty eight, and I think it was um, five minutes left. I said, okay, 
if they don't stop them here, I, mean, I said, yeah, if, if they stop them here, they might go ahead and have the greatest comeback. And then, of course, with the right. back of of, of, um, of um, Ryan and all that. But once they scored and went up twenty and, and scored twenty, scores twenty twenty eight. I um, that's when I thought that the Patriots would go ahead and bring it back. Well, to me, it was like I say. Uh, you you always got to you got to feel that uh, eventually Atlanta's going to get it clicking again. Um, and, and I know we kind of getting to this point. My biggest thing is is everyone is you know saying the play calling of Cal. I don't I don't I don't agree with that a hundred percent. I think that they are sure there is there is some some blame there. Um, but Matt Ryan had only missed five passes, so he was in sync, and he's the reigning MVP. And that's what your offense you you live on your offense, so you have to trust your game plan, and you go with it. Now, yes, you could have changed things, and everybody – well, not everybody, but so many people are, are – are, their criticism where it has some legs, nothing is guaranteed in the NFL. Nothing is guaranteed in the game. Um, everybody's talking about how with five they should have started running the ball just to eat up clock, and they should have. Or they could have even ran the play clock down further. They could have done that. But sometimes even it's hard to get out that's not their style, of, though? Exactly. Even it's if that's not how they've been playing all year. Do. Exactly. That's what I'm. That's what I'm getting at. It's hard to stop what you do, and you just have a confidence about yourself that hey, this has worked for us. We are the number one offense, and this is what we do. So I didn't have a problem with that. What I had a problem with was purely execution. I, I thought the players themselves started. They didn't execute properly. Um, and, and the biggest thing is when it was third and one, say you run the ball, and everybody's talking about, oh, you got to run and you get, a, you get a field goal. Well, what if you get a bad snap? What if you get a bad hole? Or what if the kicker just plainly misses the field goal? It can happen because Matt Bryant, he, was, he wasn't 100% on his field goal. He, he actually had missed one within 30 yards. So, not, of course, not in that game, but he has missed. So, it wasn't an automatic Yes, the percentage is much high, but it's not an automatic. And that's the thing that I think that sometimes people – it's easy to, to second-guess after the fact. If, if Matt Ryan completes a pass right there, especially for a touchdown, oh, man, that's the greatest play call ever. But because he got sacked because of running back, you completely missed an assignment, and he fumbles, oh, that's a horrible call. Okay, you got to make up your mind. You know, you got to look at the, you got to look at things in the right perspective, because after the fact, it's easy to say if something was good or bad. But in the moment, you rolling with what you do, what have gotten you to be the number one offense in the league. Uh, your quarterback is the MVP. The coordinator is the is wins the coordinator of the year. That's what got you there. So you roll, you roll with what you know. So I, I just, to me, the criticism of them, of the, the play calling, I don't think is is completely fair. I just think that they, as a team, really, really fell through the cracks. And the other thing about people talking about the defense was out there too long, well, they weren't out there a long time in the first half. So, you know, <laughs> they they was out there a long time in the second half. 
And you shouldn't have been winded because the first half, you know, you was running around, you was good to go. Second half, I mean, the holding penalties by number 34, I mean, come on. He, what, he had three straight? You know, so that's just mental breakdowns. That has nothing to do with coaching. That's players breaking down. So that's players not living up to the moment. And and defensively, why don't you get out of man if you think your guys are gas? Like Quinn said, he's talking about ran out of gas. Well, why why not play zone instead of continuing to play man to man? So there's a lot of things that you could you could look at. But it's just so amazing that the national media and the criticism is directed toward Cal. You know, and of course that's our guy now. So you know, hey, hands up, I'm defending him to the fullest. <laughs> I know that's right. Shout out to Tony Maddox for tuning in on uh, Facebook. He says that he says, "What's up, TJ? This is a, the first commentary that he's listened to since the meltdown." So I appreciate that, Tony. Thank you for for tuning in to the show tonight. And you know, we um one thing I pride myself on is is being um you know, just uh, not bashing one team or, you know, just uh, rubbing it in the face, you know, or, or anything like that. So, um, you know, we're just basically recapping what we saw from, um, you know, from the game and, and, and giving our opinions on it. Um, I totally agree with you, Marlon, with the fact of not blaming coaches for the play calling um, to, to a certain degree. Yes, of course, when you think about it, um, if you're looking at it, outside looking in if you have five minutes left with with the lead you are going to run the ball but that's never that wasn't the falcon style this year and a lot of the falcon fans prior to the super bowl a lot of the ones that i talked to they want that's what they wanted they wanted the falcons to stay to their game plan stick with what's gotten you there and i think realistically you don't think that you're going to blow you know if you have you don't think you're going to blow a 28 point or 25 point lead but also if you have the best right. high powered offense in the league you don't think that you're just going to stall at 28 points either um i agree right. with you with the with the breakdown of um of the players coverage now it's two different uh, two different plays though because the one where hightower got the sack uh strip fumble on Ryan, that was Freeman missing a block. Now on the other one, we right. uh, went yeah. down with the last in, in the last four minutes when Ryan just shouldn't have taken that sack, which which put him out of field yeah, goal range. Yeah, you got to get rid of the ball. If you yeah, yeah you got to get rid of it. But if you look at that play, he didn't have time. He really didn't. I mean, it was right. like by the time he stepped back and was about to step forward again, they were on him. I mean, the defense, right. that was really a good defensive play by the Patriots. So it's always quick. You, and, you're quick to, you know, as, as a, as a um, fan, you know, and it's your team, they're like, you should have got rid of the ball, Matt. He couldn't because it, what he did, right. was, which and, was and good, they, was they, held on to the ball because he could have fumbled. Yeah, yeah, could, right, he could have fumbled. But the other, the other thing is, <clears throat> is even with all that, New England had to drive 91 yards to score. <laughs> <laughs> So they didn't get the field goal. They had to drive 91 yards. You've got to get a stop. I don't care. You've got to just suck it up on defense and say, you know what, man, we have got to get a stop right here. 91 yards, You come on. And not I one mean, time you just got to suck it up. So, yeah, so you, you, you know? just got to suck that up. You know, rotate. You, you know, as a coach, hey, you got to get rotate in, do something. You know, you've got to stop that. You can't let a team drive down 91 yards, you know, to tie it. And then, you know, you surrender two uh, two-point conversions. So that's another thing. I mean, you've got to get a stop there. 
and and everybody's just overlooking all of those things and just want to say, you know, oh, they should have, you know, ran it on third and one, and and they would have been an automatic field goal, and you get an eleven point lead. But it's not automatic, and that's the whole thing. Every single play counts in the NFL. They they all count. Some count more than others. So you know, just to say that is gonna happen, you can't. I mean, you can if you want to, but that doesn't mean that it's true. You know, I mean, we have seen we have seen kickers miss easy field goals. That's why they push the the extra point back. People will miss extra points because it's now it's a thirty three yard extra point. It's not you know just a little fifteen yarder, and kickers miss. You know. And even before they moved it back, can, can you think of a, of a playoff in the like the last three or four years where a team lost the game because the the, the, the kicker didn't make the field goal? I mean, you, I can yeah, think of exactly. a game in the like the last three or four years where that's happened at least one time yeah. in, the, in you know in the playoffs. Exactly, and and I can understand people saying the the probability is very very high, and I agree with that. It is, but nothing. Absolutely nothing is guaranteed except one team is going to win and one team is going to lose. That's the only guarantee that you got. That's true. That's true. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's like, but like I said, it's it's easier when um, it's, it's it, well, I don't want to say it's easier, uh, but, you know, when you're on the couch or, you know, even, even oh, the analysts, yeah. Uh, or the or the you know the former players that act like they've never been there, but some of them haven't been to the <laughs> some of them haven't been to right. the Super Bowl. But um, you know it's just they now the one thing um, that I did hear and I do kind of agree with just because Dan Quinn was in the situation with the the Seattle Seahawks when they had that loss to the Patriots, you know because mm-hmm. that was the, the, um, you know the play Malcolm Butler. So it's like you kind of know or you should know what not to do, <laughs> you know. So it's like yeah. when you get to a certain point in the game and you know you've been there before, and this is this is another thing that I wanted to ask you too because a lot of people wanted to put it on Kyle Shanahan with the, with the offensive play calling. Well, do you think it should have been Dan Quinn overruling Um Shanahan, because he's yep. been in the situation before, you know, and is it is that the time where you're like, okay, look, I, I trust you, you know, you've gotten us there, you've gotten us to this point, but no, we can't do that. We got to go with this way. Do you think that would have been no. appropriate, or no. what's your thoughts on that? He he doesn't he doesn't get to say Shanahan because he's been there before. He gets to say because he's the head coach, <laughs> and and he really has been like getting the pass. You're the head coach. You run the show completely. So, you know, he could have said, no, let's run the ball here. You know, you're the head coach, and you could have said, hey, let's stop. Look, okay, let's call timeout. Let's get it together. All right, let's just go on and try to get this first right here. And if not, let's just, you know, try to center the ball up in the middle of the field. If that's, you know, I can't remember what hash they were on or what side. And as a head coach, he could have did that. You know, so you could say, no, 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 let's not do this. And I know Matt Ryan has audibles in his pocket. He could have been up to the line and said, you know what, they're coming, and maybe I can't get this pass off, you know, so let me audible to something else. So it's a lot of things that could have happened. So, you know, the play is called, but there's there's other things that are involved. So 
just to say that one person or, or to try to direct the blame at one person, I, I just think that that's, that's truly, in a word, ignorant. Because if you're not going to look at all the other facets of that play, then, one, you have 11 men that need to execute. You need the O-line. They need to execute their blocks. The running backs need to execute their blocks. The receivers need to run the right route. And Matt Ryan needs to get the ball out. They've practiced this play over and over again, so it wasn't like they drew up something that they've never run before. They've been doing it all game. They've been doing it all season. So it's not anything that was completely new. So just to say that it was just a bad play call, no, that's not it. It was more than that. It was poor execution. The head coach could have stepped in and said, hey, let's not run this. Let's take a timeout here. Let's try to center this thing up, and we're, we're just going to go for the field goal right now. You could have kicked it on third down if you wanted to. You didn't even have to go for it. So, you know, there's a lot of things. You know, so everybody's talking about uh, it could have just been an easy field goal. Well, kick it on third down then. You could do that. You know, so, you know, get away from this, you know, this is how it has to be because it's not true. So they get stuffed on third down, and they don't get the first down. They botch the snap, botch the hold, or just the kicker. Like I say, he just plainly misses. You're in the same – you're actually in a worse position because now New England gets the ball at a better uh, field position than they had, you know, at the uh, eight-yard line, uh, nine-yard line, rather, and having to drive 91 yards. That's true. That's true. We're going to jump to uh, Facebook here. Let's see. Tony says, Freeman should have executed that chip block better. That would have bought Ryan time. That's true. That's true. But hindsight mm-hmm. is, you know, 2020. I'm – it, it Hightower got on Hightower got past Freeman so fast though I don't think Freeman it, it, he might have forgot the play I don't know but it, when you go back and watch the watch the it game almost watch like three plays it, yeah it's just like, it like by the time he, just, he stood he was, up he was so, Hightower was around him well, well he was so you could tell I mean he was he was hey as a as a skilled position player you want the ball so you know and that's that's usually that's what most guys are thinking hey I need to get out in my route. And you can tell that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to get into a pattern, hey, the ball may come my way. But, no, you have to execute. And that's the thing, again, that it comes back to. It doesn't matter what play is called because the play is designed. If all 11 guys don't execute what they're supposed to do, no play is going to work. It doesn't matter what you could have called. You could have called a jumbo set, and if one guy falls down and, and don't get a block, well, you don't even run it for one yard. So, again, the probability I understand and I agree with that the probability is there if you make this particular play call, but it is not. It is not a guarantee that everything is going to work out like everybody say, oh, I'm just going to do it and we're going to have a, an 11-point lead. Ain't no guarantee. And that's, and that's, that's just that's what true. I'm sticking to. Right. And, and, but like, like Belichick and how, you know, the, those, those type of coaches, why they, why they preach do your job because I can understand you being a skilled position player and yes you do want the ball but if that play calls for you to block that's the reason you need to block oh, yeah. you or else block. this happens yeah. so <laughs> so yeah so let's go ahead we're going to jump to the phone lines here like I said if you want to call in and talk to me I want to hear from you so we're going to jump to the phone lines here let's see 912-220 you are on with TJ and Marlon tell us your name and where you're calling from TJ this is Omar how you doing Omar, how Hello? you doing? How you doing? Uh, you all right? <laughs> how you doing, Marlon? How's it going, Omar? Nah, not yet. 
I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm making it. I'm making it. Let me just say that. Now, I'm not fully recovered yet. That was a – ooh, that was a tough one there. That was a – that's a hard pill to swallow, uh, especially after the year that we had towards the end. And I said that I was going to call in because I know I was giving you a hard time before. I was going to call in once we win and uh, brag a little bit. So I said, you know what, since we lost, I'm I'm still going to call in. Um, I appreciate that. I really do. I do. Um, that uh, I was I was listening to you guys and some of the stuff I I disagree with, but I think you you guys are finding out once Kyle Shanahan gets there, he, he had a fantastic year, you know. And I think everybody here in Atlanta and all the Falcon fans know that he had a fantastic year. It was just the second half of that game. And I know that we have a high-powered offense, but it's built around our run game. So for us not to run the ball in the second half, only run it four times, that's not like us. So the play calling from that standpoint was very weird. And even the people that I was around at the time, it was like, why are we not doing what we normally do, you know? Um, we run a lot of play action fakes, a lot, uh, and and you guys are gonna find out once you get to to uh, San Francisco, you're gonna have a good run game. Carlos Hyde is gonna have some yards, but we didn't oh, yeah. we didn't establish the run game in the second half for us to pass, and right. we were in shotgun, we were dropping back. That's that's not the norm for us, you know. That's not, that's the norm oh. if we're down, but. Definitely in a competitive game or when we're up, Matt Ryan just he, he doesn't just stand in the shotgun and, and chunk the ball all, all over the field. We don't that's not how we function. We get the running backs involved. And I think that's why a lot of people are disappointed and upset with the play calling in the second half because it was we got away from what we normally do, you know, from people that really don't really follow the Falcons from afar they may think that's what we do, but that that's not that's not how we play the game, you know. So we normally right. well, Omar, even when we started the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let, let me ask you this real quick, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Coleman went down. Was it the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, or was it the very beginning of the fourth? It was the beginning of the fourth. So do you think that had something to do with it? Because if you take away part of that two-headed monster. Do you have somebody that can come in and pick up the slack, or do you need to kind of alter that offense a little bit? No, nah, because Freeman was the man last year before when, when Coleman was hurt all year. So everything is based around the run game. The reason why <clears> our <throat> receivers have so many yards and they're so dynamic is because of the run game. And even when we started out the game, the first carry was like 25 yards. You know, yeah. and then at the, then even at the end of the game, the run game was averaging over five yards a carry. So why not? That's 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 you run the ball but, but, That's a first down. Yeah, but so but uh, they got stuffed on second and one. So right. But all I'm saying is, don't go away from it. We had 17 plays in the I, second half of the game. 17. Yeah, I, we ran and, the ball like four I said, times. I, I, I agree with that, but you got stuffed on second. I mean, you threw the ball on first, got nine yards, and you got stuffed on second. 
so uh, and, and like I say, it's not that's to me that again, that's where it goes. It's not an automatic. And because, again, the probability says, yes, let's do it. But it's not an automatic because you got stuff, you know, but, and, you know, it, it's just it's just that's a part of the game as well. And I like to say it's it's easy to say it afterwards. And and I, I I'm hearing what you're saying as far as as your the scheme was about you know it was predicated around the run game and and which the stretch offense is about that it is about the run the zone is about you know one cut and go. And you guys did run the ball really well in the first half. <clears throat> and I agree that they should have probably ran the ball more in the second. I just get to the point to where you know you're up twenty eight to three. And your defense isn't gassed in, so all of a sudden your defense just get gassed in one quarter. I, I, to me, I think that's just a that's a cop out. You've got to make a stop. You just can't let a team run up and down the field. And you know, so I, I just think that the blame is it's it was a to me it was a completely team loss. It wasn't just about that that one last little drive. You could put it on that, but it wasn't about that. That game, really, when you look at it. Once New England started rolling, Atlanta didn't know how to answer offensively or defensively. Well, this is the thing, even with that. You're, I think you're looking at one drive or one play. You're saying that, that he got stuff. No, no, I, we, I, I want to look at the whole at the whole game. I don't. Most people are just looking at that one drive. I look. I look at the whole game. Okay, so what I, what I'm saying is like the whole second half, we were up. 28 to 3 and mm-hmm. we ran the ball four times once we were up mm-hmm. 28 to 3 that's like and if you hear and you're going to hear more because he's in San Francisco now he plays a balanced offense right that's that's nowhere near balanced that's that's why the team was so dynamic so well, and one only, thing I agree well, with you on is the but defense Matt, but Matt the Ryan defense. only threw the ball 20 well, times Marlon, hold on let, let him finish let him finish Okay. The, the defense, I agree with you on from the defensive standpoint. They were in man coverage, and yes. if you know anything about should've man switched. coverage, they should have switched just to change it up. Mm-hmm. But those guys were extremely tired. It's, ty- it's tiresome to chase a receiver all around the field every play. They yes. had nothing else to give. From from a defensive standpoint, they should have changed it up. But then from an offensive standpoint, you can't – like, I understand what you're saying, Molly. But nowhere in like nowhere in the National Football League, college football, or even in high school football, should you only run the ball four times if you're up twenty eight to three. That that doesn't make any sense. Like I, that's, I, that's not how and Kyle Shanahan at that point in time, he just I think he froze up. He choked up. And he I, I think he was I more just, afraid of more afraid of the Patriots coming back than staying to his game plan. Because if he would have just rent, played his game plan like he did the whole year, we would have been fine. But you can't, like, but, you, you, like there's no way to get around it. You're averaging over five yards a carry, and you only run the ball four times, and you're up 28 to three. I don't care if you get stuffed two times in a row. You, you right. steady run the ball, and you run the play-action fake. And you're going to see whoever your quarterback is He's going to run a lot of play action fakes. You, all of those dropbacks that Matt Ryan had, they wouldn't play action fakes. They were straight dropbacks, right. or he was just in the shotgun. So that's when Dan right. Quinn 
should have stepped in and said something, and it's on him as being a head coach to step in and say something. But I think he did what he did the whole year and just let Kyle run his offense. And now he's okay, talking himself about it. But okay, let, that's let what Marlon, I think. Let Marlon retort to that, Omar. Well, I, I mean, I, I agree with where he's coming from. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree. The main thing I dis- the main thing I don't disagree that I disagree with is that it was just about that. I mean, because you talk about balance, uh, twenty three passes versus eighteen runs, eh, that's pretty balanced, you know. So it wasn't like Matt Ryan was throwing the ball sixty times like Tom Brady did, you know. He threw the ball twenty three times, so it wasn't like it was just this this gauntlet of throws. And I think that that's the perception is that it was. But really, it wasn't. That, it just wasn't holding that, the ball. Say that again, Marlon. Say that, say that Matt again. Ryan was 17 for 23. They ran the okay. Atlanta ran the ball 18 times for 104 yards. So 23 versus 18, that's pretty balanced. Okay, so let me say this. Let me say this then, because you proved my point. Four of those times that they ran the ball was in the second half. So he right. dropped back more in the second half. Well, he dropped back more up. in the second. Yeah. Right. They were up. Opposed to in the first half. Now, right. I don't know. Like you, can you make sense of that? That doesn't make any sense. Well, now, mind you, they was up, the whole, they was up the whole three quarters of the game. Now, Omar, yeah, they were they were up until yeah. two minutes and six seconds left in the fourth. In the yeah, third no, but, but he just told us that. That's what I'm saying, TJ. He said that he dropped right. back 23 times, and they ran the ball 18 times in the entire game. So that means that they ran the ball. 14 times in the first half and only four in the second. That doesn't make any sense. When you're up, it should be more when you're up than when you're down. Right. To eat up the clock, that's true. But the other thing that, okay, you run the ball, the the other substitute for the run game is quick passes, you know, quick slants. Basically, that's just a, a stretch, you know, a stretch run play, you know, hitting Julio or hitting uh, one of the other guys on a quick slant, you know, running. So that's kind of the same thing. At second half, I was, like I said, I was a little inebriated, so I wasn't watching as closely the exact plays. But if I go back and look at it, then I can make a, a, a better assessment to see the, the exact kind of throws that Matt Ryan was making. And, and the other thing, though, is, is still you have the MVP and who's having a career year I mean, you have – this is his time. You have to trust him, and you have to put the ball in his court because this is what's gotten you to the Super Bowl. And I understand what you're saying, that, that, that you guys – the base is the run, and you pass off of that. Well, you established the run early, and now, okay, I got my, I got my MVP. Let's go win this thing. And, and I can understand, uh, you know, Cal having that mindset that I got the MVP, let's go win this thing. And they just didn't. And I just think that that totally as a team is it's a full loss. It's not just down just to, you know, breaking down, you know, four, only four runs in the second half. Yes, it could have been more, but that's just not the complete reason that Atlanta did not celebrate a Super Bowl victory. Right. No, Let me jump in here real quick. Oh, Mark, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Because um, a, a, a person – 
posed this question. Uh, well, well, I had a statement on Facebook, and I just want you to um, get your opinion on this. Do you think that Shanahan didn't have anything to lose, therefore he took unnecessary risks? I think he was – I think the lights were really bright for him, so he took unnecessary risks. I really think that he – I think that he really wanted to win, but he just wanted to win so bad that he did things that was uncharacteristic of him. Mm. And, yeah, and, I, TJ, I, you, and TJ, you're here, and you know the the type of scrutiny Matt Ryan had last year. Yes, um, Lord, and this year, and this year, the man had an MVP record, a season, and people still, anytime the Falcons lose, oh, it's Matty Ice, it's Matt Ryan this, it's Matt Ryan that. There's a lot of um, uneducated Falcon fans in this uh, city, city too. Though. <laughs> so one lying? of the biggest things. One of the, the, the biggest things w- between last year and this year uh, was the bootleg to the left. Matt Ryan couldn't make that throw. The same throw that Aaron Rodgers made to beat uh, uh, Dallas Cowboys in the playoff game, Matt Ryan can't make that throw. So they took that out of the playbook. He never ran that play the whole year. In the Super Bowl, he ran that play. We were doing things that was successful? uncharacteristic. We picked up like five yards, yeah. So, yeah. But he's he's <laughs> not. He's, so you just do it with what got you there. That's all I'm saying. It, you yeah. just do what got you there. And in the second half, and you guys are going to be able to see it once once you see Kyle Shanahan's system, and you go back and look at the Super Bowl you're going to see a drastic difference. Even the previous games that we played, you have to run the ball to be successful in the past. That's why Matt Ryan was so successful this year. He, he, he still, I mean, he got his MVP, and, and he's the quarterback for my team. So, you know, I, I like Matt Ryan. But I don't think that he's uh, Aaron Rodgers type of guy. I think the system fit him well. But right. he has to play within the system, and when and in the second half we got out of the system. That 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 catch that Julio Jones made was an awesome catch. That should have oh, never beautiful. happened because we should have been it running the ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? If that though. pass that... was a, it, it was. But if that pass was a was a, a inch or two inside, actually the way that it was, the, the cornerback could have picked been it pick. off. You know, yeah. actually, you know. But that's why you see when you watch Falcon games, guys are running wide open down the field because it's a lot of play-action fakes. They're scared of the run game. In the second half, they wasn't scared of the run game. How you're up 28-3 to and the defense is pinning their ears back. That, that doesn't make any sense. They're pinning their ears back when you're down. You know? Right. So, but you know what? And, and I know I, I could I could still hear the, the – um just the um, frustration, I don't know if it's frustration or just the, the disappointment in your voice now, Omar, or it could be because it's late, I don't know. But um, <laughs> but I do think that as much as you say that you guys got out of your, um, you know, got out of your element, didn't, didn't stick with what got you there, I do think that a lot of people aren't giving the Patriots enough credit because once you're down, it's in the second half, and you know it's only 30 minutes left, and you know you didn't play to your capabilities capabilities in the first half, um, you're not going to make it as easy as you did in the first half. So let's just say if the Falcons would have played a perfect game, that's not to say that the 
Patriots wouldn't have been able to counter. I know that doesn't help, and hindsight is twenty twenty. But um, like you said, you should have been throwing the ball. You should have been running the ball. But Julio and Matt have been making those kind of, you know, pass catches all season long. So, I, again, I just think it's a matter of maybe they maybe they did get away from what got them there. But you got to give the Patriots credit for stopping you on the third down, stopping, you know, putting you out of field goal range. Um, it was just a good game. I know it's it's not – you can't say that um, – Right no, now. I can see. I can see how it was a good. I can see how it was a good game because I'm a football yeah. fan. Uh, I watch just about all the games, so pretty much, you know, no different tendencies. So yeah, it was. I can say it was a good game from a football fan perspective. It's just. It's, it was just like I said. It was kind of odd that the. It was uncharacteristic of us to call those type of plays, but I do agree with you guys on those two points of the defense. Like you cannot run man-to-man coverage like that for an entire half and expect guys to be helped. like this. It's not going to happen. And then their right. quarterback is yeah. dropping back like every play because they're trying to play catch up. You got to you have to get out of that defense, and, and that was a huge factor, you know, by itself. And you just can't do that. So and Dan Quinn should have stepped in. So those two things, I uh, I agree with you guys on. Uh, I think if he had it to do all over again. He would have stepped in, but uh, I think you guys got a really good coach. I don't, I don't think bad of Kyle Shanahan at all. I just think that he had a bad moment. But uh, I think you guys are going to be on the come up this coming season. Uh, I have a brother that's a huge uh, San Francisco fan, so that's all he's talking about. Also, um, well, I, but, uh, well, I appreciate that, and I appreciate you calling in, Omar. I really do because I know had y'all Hi. won. I know you would have been the first person on this phone line <laughs> ready to get in. <laughs> as much grease and T-shirts that you have forced me or tried to force me to buy and all of that. Um, so I am really, truly thankful that you called in, um, even with the loss. That really, really means a lot to me. I do appreciate that. Okay. And I'll get on your fans because I haven't seen any flags. I haven't seen any T-shirts, jerseys, anything since the loss. So um, We feel like somebody died. It's like death in the city, you know. So no, like people talking about watching movies, they don't even want to see basketball. Right now. <laughs> so you might not. That, hey, that thing hurt, man. So I, I done been watching so much, uh, so many shows on Netflix, man. Like, yeah. So you probably won't see that for a minute. We got, we got to get over this part and make sure you tell your mama say hello also, okay? I will definitely do that. She's listening now, so. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All, All right, right, Omar. Thank you so much for calling in. I truly, truly appreciate it. All right. All and right, go, Falcon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Have a good one, Omar. <laughs> All right, you do the same, Omar. 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to TJ and Marlon tonight. Uh, yeah, that was a um, that was a good exchange. You know, it's... It, <laughs> I guess it's easy for me to say, Marlon, because we haven't been we we've been so kind of um up and down. You know, what four years ago we were in the Super Bowl, but before that we've had our share of um, you know, just irrelevancy. Oh. Okay. No, but I, you still no, I know exactly what it means. I mean, um I after we lost the Super Bowl, I didn't watch anything probably until the draft. Literally. 
I, I didn't want to see anything. I didn't I didn't want to know anything because I knew that's all the conversation was going to be about was us, you know, losing and having four daggum plays to get into the end zone from the four yard line. So I, I know exactly what Omar is going through because I was the same way. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to watch anything. I didn't want to read anything. So, uh, but well, uh, I can understand you're not you know. wanting to watch anything, especially when it's football related. You don't want to watch TV because you know they're going to talk about the Ravens, and so now with with the Falcons. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't put on a T-shirt. That doesn't mean you can't still wear oh, your no, jersey. No, 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 yeah. And that doesn't oh, mean you can't still on. rock your car flags. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that when I go to the grocery store now, I don't see anything but the but the 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 teams I used to see: the Giants, the Cowboys, um, (laughs) you know, the Ravens. You don't see any. Yeah, that's the part. Rocking my gear always. (laughs) Exactly. That's the part that gets me. A bad showing. um, I think what it it looked like it was probably about thirty or forty people there, if that many, you know, for the Falcons to return. I thought that that was pretty bad. But, you know, like you said, I mean, some people, you know, I, I, don't, I don't ever like to call anyone truly bandwagon fans. I mean, people are they're, – they're fans in the way that they want to be fans. And I know how hard hardcore I am. And everyone reacts differently. So, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully, you know, they'll they'll rise up. I mean, they I mean they got a, they still got a great team. I mean, as long as uh, Sarkeesian don't get too drunk and run the offense. <laughs> So, so you know they they should be all right, and and they're going into a, a brand new uh, stadium next year. So I mean they they got a lot. They sh- they should be really really excited. I mean you just got to stay excited about the future. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough. The Super Bowl is so tough to get over when you lose it. But uh, at this point in time, I mean they got a young team with with a lot to go, a lot to build on, new stadium. Um, so I mean it, it's really nothing to to completely hold your head down about for too long. But um, I know exactly what he's going through, though. Well, yeah, I agree. And, and But that's just it. You you may not feel like you have the right to or, or the, the position to say it, but I can say it. I live here in Atlanta, and there are a lot of Atlanta <laughs> fans. There are a lot of unintelligent uh, Falcon fans here. They couldn't tell you who um, – Oh yeah. They couldn't tell you the years that Michael Vick was the quarterback, or they couldn't tell you who the quarterback was before Michael Vick. Some of them probably couldn't even tell you the quarterback before Matt Ryan, and if I even if I told them what the answer was. So I can call them bandwagon fans, and they've had something right. to cheer about ever since the the Falcons have been in the NFC Championship. Yeah, I mean they fell off and they had a couple of you know losing seasons, but still they've been. They haven't been anything to just hang your head about completely. I'll say that and. Right. Um, you know, just for the simple fact that, again, like you said, I don't even think it was 50 people that were at the facility when the when the Falcons oh, yeah, returned no, back, wasn't. and then they had a parade. <laughs> they had like a little pep rally, thousands of people lining up at Peachtree. You know that that the fan the, the the players see that, you know, and they already feel bad. Um, so it's like. To know that the the city is just so so for you and behind you when you're winning, and then if you fall off, let's be real, nobody really thought that the Falcons were going to be in the Super Bowl this year. Everybody automatically put the Cowboys in there. Um, right. Would the Falcons have beat the Cowboys? We don't know, but I think that they could have. And so so just the fact that you made it this far, there are 30 other teams that we're sitting home watching you. So right. you know, be, be happy with that. Support the team with that. 
And it's just um, that's the part that disheartens me with 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 um, Falcon fans. So it really does. Three four seven eight two six seven nine two four. That's the number to call to talk to TJ and Marlon tonight. We are recapping Super Bowl Fifty One. Had a um, diehard Falcon fan Omar call us up today. Um, I really truly appreciate that though, because like I said, I know if they would have won, he definitely would have been calling up. So I definitely appreciate that. But um, but yeah, Marlon, right. it's just like, you know. That's why I said, prime example, what was our record when, when the Falcons played the 49ers this year? Our record when we played? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, it was 0-11, I think, at the time, 0-12. I mean, no, not 0-1-11, no, uh, I think, when we played them. Yeah, exactly. it was 1-11 when we played them. And how many 49er fans would you say were? Oh, we show up. Yeah, we show up. I mean, now we have some bandwagon too. I mean, don't don't get into it. I mean, hey, Levi was was putrid, you know. So now not this year, I'm, I'm Levi should be packed. But I mean, we 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 have some bandwagon too, you know. We but do. again, like I said, I mean, hey, it is what it is. I know what I know. Where I am. I know where I'm going to be, and I know my fanhood, and my loyalty. It doesn't waver one bit. I mean, I may get disappointed for a minute at a loss, um, you know, but. Hey, I'm gonna shake that off, get right back in my happy zone, and be rooting for us to win the following week. Exactly, and that's how it should be. That's what fandom is all about. Yes, you're gonna take the losses, um, but that still doesn't mean that you know you don't support and that you don't believe. Um, so that's why I say just with the with the Falcon fans, um, not not the ones that I know, the true diehards I know, but uh, about 62 percent of this city is uh, they could just. They don't know. Right. That's all I'm say. They don't know. <laughs> but a couple of uh, <laughs> news and notes here dealing with the uh, Super Bowl. So uh, White, James White, the running back for New England, he's the first player with three touchdowns in a Super Bowl since Terrell Davis in Super Bowl 32. Brady, he was 43 of 62, 466 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. He's the only quarterback to be pressured more than 20 times in a Super Bowl and win the game. Um, an NFL record fifth Super Bowl win. Um, for the Patriots in an NFL record seventh appearance. Now Brady joins Bart Starr as the only quarterback with five NFL championships, but a Bart Starr doesn't have five um, Super Bowl rings. Right. So let's yeah, do the differential yeah, with that. Yeah. So Brady is the only quarterback with five Super Bowl rings. Um, uh, Brady was named the MVP for the fourth time. That's the most all-time. He now passes Joe Montana for that. Um, this, is, this, this is Brady's first career win when trailing by at least 25 points. And uh, the Super Bowl, uh, fifth Super Bowl title in NFL record, ninth appearance. So now they tied the Cowboys and the 49ers for the second most Super Bowl victories all-time. Uh, like I said earlier, the 25-point comeback is the largest of uh, Brady's career and the largest Super Bowl comeback in NFL history. Now for the Falcons, um, they had a greater than 99.5% win probability when leading 28-3 to in the third quarter, but we know what happened there. Um, they were 1 of 8 on third downs. They were 0-5 in the second half. Um, they were 7 of 8. 115 yards, one touchdown in the first half, and again they led 21 to three for Julio Jones. He had four receptions, 87 yards. But when I tell you, Julio Jones is the truth. To me, Marlon, um, I mean, I know there's Odell Beckham Jr., I know there's Antonio Brown, but Julio Jones, 
he is literally in a class of his own. The two catches that he had alone in the Super Bowl are just, uh, I mean, I know you said that, you know, you were a little um, with Stella uh, in the second half. But, oh, um, <laughs> Stella and South <Delta> of Tito's. <laughs> yeah, but, but Julio Jones, he just, um, he's the truth. Yeah, he he is. I mean, he, that that catch was phenomenal. But like like uh, Omar said, yeah, that's. I mean, uh, uh, half of you know three four inches, uh, it could have been a pick. You know, so I mean, yeah, that, I mean, for him to have the concentration and to know to to get his toes in, um, you know, was big. But one 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 thing, real quick, as, as you was going down some of the things, one thing that that people are also looking at, everybody, you know, they they talk about how Atlanta was up in the first half, but it was a lot of, it was short, you know, short drives that they had because one stat that that is actually overlooked and I, I saw it in your rundown that I forgot to, to bring up was on third down. I mean, you know, it wasn't like that they were sustaining drives, you know, even in the first half, you know, I mean, they didn't ever really get everything going. I mean, they had their spurts. So I, I, again, it's just, you know, it's a collective effort, and, and I just, I just can't, I just can't wrap my hands around just accepting that uh, that it was just, you know, that they only ran the ball four times in the second half. I think it's more than that. To me, I, I really, really put more emphasis on the defense. You know, that you gave up 31 consecutive points. You know, you've got to get a stop in there somewhere. So I don't know. It, it's just a tough one for me. I just, I, that's why I call well, Marlon, it a team loss. Let me tell you this. You're not a Falcon fan, so you don't see what they're saying. You don't feel what they're feeling, and your perception is going to be different. You're looking at it from oh, yeah, yeah. you're looking at it from a rational, you know, just an outsider looking but, in. So I'm but just going to say that at it actually from a, I'm, oh, I'm, I, and I'm and I'm not saying it as as against Falcon fans or anything. I'm just saying I, I can't stand the national media. That's what I can't stand. Not the not the what I mean. Falcon fans they they have every right to you know, feel the way that they feel because this is the team that they've been cheering for. I just can't stand the national media. And that's what annoys me. You know, so those are I the guys you. that annoy me. I got you. 347-826. If we get to that point, you'll really see how it annoys me. 347-826-7924. That's the number to call to talk to TJ and Marlon tonight. So I'll tell you what, we're going to go ahead and jump into um, another break. And then on the outside of this, yes, it's going to be time. So, uh, yeah, yes, it will be time. <laughs> I'm looking at the clock. I can't believe it's this far along already. But good conversation, though. Uh, again, so happy that um, Omar called in and, ch- and chimed in and talked to us. So I'll tell you what, we're going to go ahead, jump into our next break. On the outside of this, it will be time for Lucinda's lyrics. And I do believe that we will have another diehard Falcon fan on the line with us. So y'all pray for me because I think I'm going to be talking to, uh, I'm going to have three other individuals on the phone with me, and I'm going to have to rally and corral and, and, and reel everybody in. So this this next uh, segment after the break should be a good one. So y'all, if you want to go take a break, get you some water, go to the bathroom, but make sure you come back. I'm giving you time, four minutes and 20 to 27 seconds. <laughs> so we'll be right back after this break. This is TJ and Marlon, LL Sports 2. Crucified, 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 
347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to your girl TJ and Marlon tonight. And so now we are going, you know what the time it is. It's 920. We're a little bit early, but you know I got to get her in on time. It's time for the baddest lady in the land when her pen hits that pad. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So I'm going to go on instinct here, and we'll just do this. So, as I said, it's time. It's 920. Time for the baddest lady in the lane. So, Lucinda, Miss Lucinda, what do you have on tap for us tonight? Good evening, TJ and Marlon. Welcome back, my friends. Well, the Patriots won Super Bowl 51 against the defending Atlanta Falcons. The final score was 34 to 28. They went into overtime and performed it great. Atlanta played as best as they could, but New England ran them out of the neighborhood. Tom Brady was on point with his throws and passes while elevating his career and appealing to the masses. Patriots scored 19 points in the fourth quarter. They were more focused and played smarter. I really thought that Atlanta would win this game, but the Patriots came back from a deficit and protected their name. I see both teams in a whole different light. Much respect to you both, and what a great fight. This game will certainly go down in history as the best Super Bowl game ever played for me. <laughs> you did? That ain't little so really that's going to be the best Super Bowl played for you? Really? Even my team didn't do like my team didn't go out like that, y'all. My team didn't win like that. I mean, I'm gonna tell you, I underestimated Brady and Atlanta because really I thought Atlanta was gonna win it because just looking like just looking, you just can't. You just gotta wait until the fat lady sing, right? Because that fat lady was not singing until overtime. <laughs> but really, in the fourth quarter and then overtime, she sang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, hey, Lou, I, I remember you were texting me at some point. Now, I, I can't remember when you started, but did you start texting me uh, with when the – when did you start texting me? When it was 20 to 28? No, I started texting you because, see, I was out in about grocery shopping, and I wasn't listening. I didn't know what was going on. But I started <laughs> texting you when it was 14 to 0. <laughs> oh, it was Lord 14. have mercy. My bad. It was 14 to <laughs> Yeah, it was 14 to 0 when I started texting you, T. And I didn't even realize that they were up. When I came home and turned on that game, I thought the Falcons was up 14 to 0. I said, oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm telling you, the, the Falcons, they – they came out of the, the gate swinging. They really did. And um, I just don't know. Like I said, on Inside the NFL, they had um, Gabriel talking to Sanu. And Sanu was just saying how, you know, not not that they had the game wrapped up, but just that, you know, this is what we do. This is how, you know, we, we're shocking the world, basically. And Gabriel said, yeah, but that's Tom Brady. And when he said that, I was just like, well, at least one of them knew. <laughs> uh, Girl, 
he looked a little worried when I was watching him, but I was, I was like, well, if you're worried, Brady, you need to do something. But the boys just, they play under pressure well. I made a fourth quarter, 19 points in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's like, because they hadn't got that 19, and, and they didn't even go for no one-pointers. It was just like, once they got a touchdown, we're going for two. He he knew they what he was to. doing. I mean, it was all precise, and it was just like, the man is focused. What I see, he's focused. He's a thinker. And, you know, he's, you don't see too much emotion at all. Yeah. But he knows what he's well, doing. Well, I tell you, I, I'm, um, I, I'm, I'm going to bring her in now. Our other resident, um, diehard Falcon fan here. And um, I did reach out to her after the game because I wanted to give her some time. I was hoping that she would want to talk to us today. So um, I'm glad to see that um, that question mark by her number. So 678-508, the floor is yours. Good evening, everyone. Tina, don't make me laugh right now. Right. Janelle, what an introduction. I know. Seriously, Mr. Cinder, let me just say that you continue to shock me on a weekly basis. When you say you don't care nothing about nobody but the Seahawks, what? NFL fan in their right mind is in the grocery store shopping when the Super Bowl is on. That was hilarious. I'm over here like, what are you doing? What? Wait, say that again, Janelle. You said, you said, well, I don't care nothing about anybody. Say that again, because I didn't hear that. Say that again. I, I said, you are, you crack me up because you, when you say you don't care about nobody but your Seahawks, you mean that. What NFL fan in their right mind is going to be in the store grocery shopping when the Super Bowl is on? Well, for one reason is because my team wasn't playing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it That's was what you're so saying, ain't Lou. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But but it was your team. You right oh, you right, girl, you right. But I'm just saying, now if it had a, I would have did all this a little bit earlier, you know, if it was the it was the Seahawks thanks to y'all knocking us out, you know, I gotta go there again. But um I just you know, like I said, fourteen to zero is what what I turned it on. That's when I started watching. That's hilarious. Now, Tina, let me let me just say I don't appreciate your shade throwing. Not all of us are irrational. <laughs> I did not believe for one minute, even when we were up at halftime, up in the third quarter, that the game was over. That's the one thing I did because I know Tom Brady. He is like Aaron Rodgers. When the chips are down and his back is up against the wall and he wants it, he wants it. It's as simple as that. Now, the one thing that I will, um, the one thing that I will say is this. Oh, let me check you on one other thing. For your information, um, I have been a, a Falcons fan since back in 88 when we had Marion Campbell as the as the uh, head coach. And he retired in the middle of the season, well, actually it was towards the end of the season, in 1989, and we ended up with that loser that lost all the games and the rest of the season. And that's how long I've been watching. So, um, But that little smart comment you made about the Mike Dick thing, he, he was in, um, our quarterback from 2001 to 2006, and then they tried to chase him for all that money. But anyway... But now, Janelle, Janelle, I understand that the emotions are a little raw, and I understand that uh, you know you you are still uh, you know reeling from the loss. But you must have totally missed everything I said before that. I said that there are certain people that I'm not speaking of. I said I do know some diehard fans, and then I know some (laughs) uneducated fans. So I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you you because I know your emotions are a little raw. But I was not speaking about. 
Okay. You're right. I, I apologize. That's, you are one hundred. Okay. So before you go to checking me. Put that marker down. I say one other thing. I had my I had my red Julio Jones jersey on on Monday, and today wore the white one. So some of us are, and I saw somebody else driving around with their flag. So some of us are still supporting the team. But I do hear what well, you're saying. You are so you, right. And it's not just, I don't want to say just uneducated um, Falcons fans. I'm going to say uneducated football fans, period. Because there's some that things be, that I've heard. That would be me. That would be me. Go on. There's some things that I've heard this week that have just torn me down. The one thing that um, it, it is amazing, sometimes Marlon gets on a roll and he be all in my brain cells, I promise you. And today is that day because it is not, it wasn't even about anything that everybody keeps forgetting about. It, it, it wasn't even about the fourth quarter. It wasn't even about the last play. It wasn't even about the overtime. We lost that game. At the end of the third quarter, when and I said, and I've been telling you this all season, our offense is phenomenal. It's the defense that I have been worried about. And I told you that last week when we talked. It's our defense. We have a very young defense. And when you're going up against somebody like Tom Brady, I don't care how many times you think you're going to sack him, he's not going to stand. He's not going to let you get him for too long. And that's exactly what happened. Normally what happens is when we come out in the second half, we literally play the second half like it is the beginning of the game, like the score is zero to zero. They have been doing this all year long. This year, this um, for that game, they came out and played as though they had to get the game on lock, and that was a problem. Our defense, at, at, at one point, the defense was on the field for over an hour and a half, so how on earth? Do you expect to make anything happen when you continue to play man-to-man coverage and art for an hour? Come on now. I, I mean, and everybody's blaming Kyle Shanahan. Um, we do have a defensive coach. Well, now we don't even have him because he didn't quit too. But um, I think the boy's name is Richard Smith. He's the defensive coordinator. Can you get on him? This wasn't about Kyle. This was about him. Offense did what they were supposed to do. It was the defense that let it go. When you have players that are making stupid mistakes, and I heard um, Marlon mention that one uh, player had three back-to-back. It wasn't just him. There were two players that had back-to-back holding calls, and it was just going on and on and on. When you have young players who are making mistakes like that, of course things like this are going to happen. And just like we have been saying from the beginning, offense sells tickets. It is defense that wins championships. And that defense lost us the championship. I don't care what anybody said. Well, uh, not you know, everybody now. can. Well, I just yes, want to yes, say real quick, I just want to put my two cents in here now. It was the defense that contributed to 14 points of so that 28. I'm just saying, I, I, I know, I know the defense – you feel like Hear they may have let you down a little bit. That was at the bit, beginning but... of the game, Tina. That was at the beginning of the game when everybody was fresh. A real defense fights through through all um, 60 minutes of the game. They don't just fight through the first quarter. Yeah, in the first quarter, everybody was fresh. So yeah, them those young players was on them on the um, on that experienced team like it wasn't like it wasn't funny. But when you have a real team, a real defense fights through to the end, and that is what they were supposed to do, and they did not. When you're making stupid mistakes like holding, I mean, back-to-back holding calls, clown, please explain to me how on earth you just got a holding call, and then the next play you're going to get another one? What is wrong with you? Can, I mean, I, there were just so many things that were going on that just blew my mind, and I'm just, I, I, 
I told, I've been saying all year long that it is our defense that has been the problem. It's not the offense, yeah. it has been the defense. Please step in here because she is not going to snap my head off no more tonight. Okay, please, someone. No, here. because every, every the national media is, is precisely overlooking exactly what she's saying. And what I've what I've said, you can't surrender thirty one consecutive points without right. stopping and saying as a defensive staff, your head coach is a is a former defensive coordinator who does call the plays, who says, you know what, let me stop this and let's change up because I can see the guys are tired. You know, let's change up something, let's do something different. So and and that's just completely being overlooked. Everybody's talking about, Oh, you just should have, you know, changed this one play and kick the field goal. But, no, you surrender 31 consecutive points. It's a team loss, and the defense is it, – it really got exposed. I mean, and Brady's dropped back 62 times. You know, I mean, he could have the numbers, but when you drop him back 62 times, you're going you know, to throw for numbers. So, you know, you just got to change it defensively instead of playing man, let's get into a zone. You know, I mean, don't get right. into no prevent but at least get into some kind of zone to say, okay, well, now let's let's slow the game down, hopefully, and see if he could get into these pockets instead of us doing all this chasing. So, to me, it's definitely a team loss, and, and so much of the national media is just overlooking that aspect of it. Right, but, so, but then on the flip and side of I that, then it's just that the – go ahead, Angelo. Can I say something? And, and it attributes, and like what Tina said last week, Experience that that the uh, the the Falcons um, the, uh, the Falcons are not as experienced as the Patriots. That See, and that's my thing. The exact that's my thing. It's like as much as y'all and and Janelle, trust me, baby. I know I was in your I'm in your shoes four years ago, so I know it's like you looking at it like why did we do this? Why did we get away from that? Why didn't we? You know, um, how could we we do this? But I think it's about the Patriots, too, in the fact that they were not the same team in the first half. That team that stepped out on the first half, I don't know who they were, the Patriots. And let's be real, none of us recognized them. Um, I've mm-hmm. never seen Tom Brady look so rattled, never. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm talking about and, and that, that's, I'm talking about even the game against the Giants when he lost um, both years. But that the, the first year when he played the Giants, when they were in that 17-0 and season, um, going against uh, Strahan and Tuck and all them boys, I don't even think he looked as bad Sunday. As he, he didn't look bad then as he did on Sunday. I mean, the Falcons, I, I'll agree. they looked like roaches as fast as they were getting on him on Sunday. I've never seen the Falcons do that. And I've been watching the Falcons all year. I'll agree 100%. Please don't, don't misunderstand me. I am not a Tom Brady fan. However, I do give that boy time for his kick. He is a phenomenal quarterback. That's why I told you, even when we were yeah. up by 25 points, I knew the game wasn't over. He don't sit back and just let you whoop up on him like that. That's not what he – that's not the type of quarterback he is. That's just – I knew that – I knew the game wasn't over. And I'm sitting around people who said he's talking about, oh, we got this, we got this. And I'm like, y'all better hold it down because I'm telling you we don't have this. That's Tom Brady. Two quarterbacks that I fear more than anything when we come up against them would be Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Those two don't play that kind of stuff. You're not just going to sit up and beat on me and I'm not getting ready to give it back to you. That's not going to happen. We've seen them do some phenomenal things. But the one thing that I have to agree with Marlon on is the media is just, they wear me out. And just like Omar, I promise you, 
this first off, this is the very first commentary that I've listened to. Because I walked into um I walked into work on Monday and had my jersey on and the first thing I heard was, Ooh, you wearing them losers? Okay. The, I, you know I don't trash talk and you know I don't like trash talking and the best way to get me in a bad mood is to come to me the wrong way. The first thing in the morning after my team just lost the Super Bowl. Dude, I keep telling y'all, I don't care if they win all 16 games or if they don't win one game. Falcons are always going to be my team. I, I am I am truly behind them 100%. And I hate when people think that just because we've lost something that I'm not supposed to support them. I don't care. We can come back We can come back next season and not win one game, and I'm still going to have my Falcons jerseys on. That's just how it is. That's She's because she She's a diehard. Say that again, Marla. I say most people just don't, they don't understand true fandom. You know, so many people just, uh, you know, they only want to see a team when they're winning and they only want to root when they're winning. And then you also have the the uh, people that just have a wicked mindset that that don't appreciate someone else's fanhood because, like Janelle said, I mean, I wear my 90 gear all the time. It doesn't matter whether we 0 and 16 or 16 and 0. That's what I'm going to do. And, uh, yeah, you're not going to say anything crazy to me because I'm just going to give you one look and I'm going to walk away. And if you persist, then that's not a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Don't hurt him, Marlon. Don't hurt him. Don't hurt him. (laughs) Marlon, let me tell you, let me give you another example of what I'm talking about with this media. Okay, now this is is off subject. This is on a basketball kick because, you know, I I follow basketball, baseball, football. I'm I'm a true sports head. Okay, so I read an article about the um about uh, the boy uh, Lonzo Ball's brother. I don't know the boy's name, but he um he's a, a bas- I think his name is Lamelo. I think his name is Lamelo Ball. But Lonzo Ball was one that I have been watching um, last year. He he actually plays for UCLA. He's a guard for UCLA right now. Yep. His little brother had a, his little brother had a basketball game um and scored ninety two points in this game. Yep. Now. Please explain to me why nobody bothered to mention the fact that his teammate had a triple-double scoring 29 points, 17 rebounds, and 14 assists. Nobody bothered to say anything about him. Right. Uh, I'm about the media just, they wear me out with the ignorance. Exactly. And that's why I, I stay away from national media most of the time. And I even when it comes to my team, my teams, I prefer to, you know, drown myself in player interviews, you know, specifically. Because if you listen to the national media, and which most people do, that's their source of information, well, most of the time they're going to lead you. They want to lead you the way that they want to lead you. And people don't want to think for themselves. They don't want to research for themselves. They only want to listen to, you know, what such and such has said because they're on this particular platform. But, no, it's more than that. You know, because I'm just not going to just agree with them and just tie into what they're saying just because they said it. I'm going to look at the game for myself. I'm going to analyze it for myself, and I'm going to form my own opinion because I'm independent. But so many people are there, so they're followers instead of being leaders. And that's what the national media, that's what they predicate on. And, of course, you know, in a political sense, it's the same thing. That's why you get the, 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 the majority and the masses just to follow you if we give them one or two things and get people to sign off on it and agree with it, oh, they're just going to run with that, and they're not going to do any research for themselves. Yeah, I, I agree 
347-826-7924. That's the number to call to talk to TJ Marlin. And we are talking to Janelle and Aunt Lou. We are talking, of course, Super Bowl 51. If you want to chime in, talk to us, just call in again, 347-826-7924, and hit one. Janelle? Um, uh, Tina, and, I, I, yes. want to, I want to apologize, ma'am, because I don't want you to think I was snapping at you, because, you know, I love you. I would never snap at you. But <laughs> I just, I'm just listening to something all day long. I mean, in fact, I shouldn't say all day. This has been all week. I've just been listening to all this negative commentary, and it's like, okay, please, I need y'all to be quiet because I can't take it. So I, I literally couldn't turn the news <laughs> on at all. I couldn't watch NFL Network, which I do every single day, which is ridiculous. But I literally have been listening to these clowns at work and all these comments that they're making, and I'm like, wow, you got to be kidding. But let me let me just say congratulations to you guys because you guys just got Shanahan, and I promise y'all going to be a force to be reckoned with next year. Yep. Yeah. That's what they say, Janelle. Oh. That's what they say, and I'm still waiting until next year. That's all I'm going to say. You just right around the corner, ain't Lou. We can show you better than we right can tell you, and that's all I'm going to say. It was the coaching staff that you needed help with. You all have some key players that know what the is. You all needed help with the coaching. Y'all got Shanahan. It's getting ready to be on and popping. And that's one thing that I completely agree with. And if you listen to the national media, you know, all they want to say, oh, there's nothing to build. Yes, there is. You know, basically it's it's all about the scheme. And it's all about the dedication and it's all about the heart that you can never weigh and you can never analyze. And when someone is inspired to do something, then they're going to do it. You know, they're going to go above and beyond. There's been so many examples of someone in in a sports world and and just in general, but in the sports world that was told that they couldn't do something or they wasn't good enough. And you know what? They proved everyone wrong. So for listening to the national media and said, oh, well, Shanahan is going to take them a while. It's going to take years. they got to completely rebuild that roster. No. All they got to do is just put the guys in the right positions to um, to excel at the things that they can do. Because, right. you know, it's, it's just like anything. You can't put a square peg into a round hole or you're going to shave the sides off and you're not going to, uh, you know, it's not going to be satisfactory. True, true. That, okay, I'm going to cut you, you off, Marla, but I, I got it right. I got somebody else that wants to join the party. I've never done this before, but hey, it's it's a new year. We just gonna we just gonna roll with it. I got somebody else who's joining in on this party here. One second, one second. Six seven eight eight nine eight. Tell us your name, where you calling from, and what would you like to say? This is uh, D'Angelo. <laughs> What's up, D? <laughs> hey, how's it going, TJ? Would this be a Super Bowl New England Patriots fan, D'Angelo? Yes, the uh, member of the Pats Nation 2016. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, what would you like to say? Anyway, go ahead. The the floor Uh, is yours. I would uh, would like to say that uh, I've been watching this this team for the better part of uh, 20 years almost. And uh, just this one game, I thought I knew them uh, back and front. But uh, they showed me uh, Sunday night that I still have a lot to learn about them. Um, yeah, uh, they uh, they even shocked me the way that they uh, 
the way that they played in that fourth quarter. Because, um, yeah, I was expecting them. I had a lot of uh, – I had some people over that were all Falcons fans, and it was just me and my son. We were the Patriots fans, and uh, we was mighty quiet throughout that whole game up to the uh, fourth quarter. But <laughs> uh, they be mighty quiet. <laughs> well, let me ask yeah, you we this. Were. What, was it that you were more surprised at how they performed in the fourth quarter, or were you more surprised at how they looked in the first half? I was surprised how they looked in the first uh, three quarters. Yeah, because um, we have, uh, normally when we play that bad and we don't do nothing in the third quarter, we nine times out of ten end up losing that game. We make it interesting, but we end up losing that game because uh, we, we did it uh, – Back when um, the first time uh, uh, the Broncos went to the Super Bowl, they had to go through us to get to the first one. Uh, they had a they started uh, they started real early in that game, and uh, we couldn't bounce back. We ended up losing that AFC Championship game. The uh, the the, pre, the next year that the Broncos went to the Super Bowl, they had to go through us. We played uh, horribly through uh, first three quarters. Try to come back in the fourth and still ended up losing that game. So, I know there was other games, but you know I don't want to go all into that. So, um, yeah, they uh, I thought I knew my team, but <clears throat> they they ended up surprising me again. So, hey, I was uh I was ecstatic at the end of that game. Congratulations! It really was for your win. Yeah, but um, I do have to give it to the Falcons. They uh. They had us. They had us. That first half, that second quarter, and that third. I was like, man, this team is ready. This team is ready. Mm-hmm. The the only thing is, is now, because they're a, they're a running gun team. But uh, sometimes you just need to pump the brakes a little bit and take it easy, especially when you got a big lead against a team that you know making come back. You just want to ease up off the gas a little bit and let that clock be your uh, ally. <laughs> Instead of your uh, enemy. Wisdom uh, from the Patriots. Janelle, any thoughts to that? No, Janelle, any thoughts to that? He's not lying. It's the truth because Omar said it best. The one thing that we did not do that we usually do is run the ball. And they, we should have been running the ball more in the second half. We really should have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take that time off that clock because uh, that clock will be your ally when you've got a 25 point lead in the. Uh, Going into the third quarter and fourth, when you know the team ain't uh, the other team isn't uh, producing, yeah, you want to keep them off the uh, field as much as possible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But so, I, have to, I have to say my hat. Who, who is on speaker? Real, real quick, Janelle. Who is on speaker? Because I hear some feedback. Oh, that's me. Oh, okay. Well, I, I got my headphones on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Janelle. I was just saying, I, 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 my hat's off to your team. Congratulations, because they definitely did their thing. But I, I've been saying, I, I said from the beginning, that not to take Tom Brady lightly, because it didn't matter if if we had gone halfway through the fourth quarter lead, and I still would have been nervous, because if there's no way Tom Brady was just getting ready to sit down and take that beating like no little girl. He wasn't going to do it. Yeah. I, uh, I thought that... Um... We would at least make the score a little bit better than uh, just three points. 
out of a whole season of us being 14 and two, for us to go down just scoring three points. I, I just, I was just thinking that we would just go through that route, but yeah, yeah, it was a, uh, it was pretty awesome. D, how long have you That's been good. a Patriots fan? Tina, I have a I question. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Lucinda, I have been a Patriots fan since 1999. Since uh, the, uh, the the year that uh, Drew Bledsoe, the year before he got hurt, I was uh, <clears throat> watching the uh, Patriots. Okay, 1999. Mm-hmm. So that's put us at almost 18 years. Boy, that's a long time. You're only 20. Oh, my goodness, that's a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's how long I've been uh, I mean uh, cheering for him in the uh, background since '99. Oh yeah. my goodness! Now that's a diehard team. Now that's a diehard Janelle. That's a diehard Marlon. Yep. Well, you the only one yep, that didn't need to get on the on the plus ten. <laughs> Ten years. I've been a uh, for 35 years. <laughs> I don't know who's yeah, trying to check everybody. Been, uh, yeah, you guys have been longer fans than I have, but uh, yeah. Mm. So, uh, and oh, also, that's wonderful. Oh, go ahead. I wanted to okay. uh, I wanted to end it. Uh, Patriots Nation 2016 is out for the uh, rest of the year, and uh, we'll be back for Pat 2017 for our. Uh, Back to back Super Bowl run. So so, so Brady's okay. not retiring then, right? Oh no no Brady's not retiring not until about 2019 right. when his contract right. is up. Uh oh, we got to get him out. Got to get him. Out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Wilson. <laughs> well, thank each and every one of y'all for calling and chiming in tonight. This was truly uh, another first for LL Sports too. So. This was great. This was great. And I, I'm, I'm glad everybody got a chance to, to chime in and talk to each other. But uh, thank you all so much. Well, well, I just want to encourage you, T, keep doing what you're doing, you and Marlon, because you guys are doing excellent, great. You're just awesome. I love you all, and it was good to talk to all of you. and you and Definitely, definitely. All right. Well, everybody, uh, Janelle. You um yes, like I said, keep your head up because the, the, the Falcons had a tremendous, tremendous year. Nothing to hang yes, your head on. Yes, I'm up. still proud of. Yeah, I'm still proud. You should be. You should As be. You should be. They did awesome. All right, and congratulations again, brother. <laughs> All right, y'all. <laughs> Until next time. Goodbye. Love you. Bye now. Love you. Bye, Tina. <laughs> Bye, Marlon. See you guys. Bye, Marlon. <laughs> All right, Marley. Well, with that, we uh, we got time for. Do we have time for the? Uh, <laughs> 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 we didn't even get to. Oh man. Okay. Well, first thing we talk about next week is going to be the um, Hall of Fame because we definitely have to talk about that. So let's see. Let me get down here. Let's get down here. Do you have uh, the Wednesday Wikipedia ready for everyone here? Uh, yes, I do. All right. So with that, what happened in the world of sports today? Not a whole lot on this day. Well, not a whole lot of spectacular things. But since we're on football, back in way back in 1936, the very first NFL draft, the first player taken, Jay Berringer from the University of Chicago, 
He was picked by the Philadelphia Eagles. Oddly, though, he never played a game, mainly because uh, he wanted to play for $1,000 per game, and at the time, teams weren't really willing to do that, so he never worked. Uh, he never played in the NFL, but he was the very first player drafted. Well, I'll be. What year was that? <laughs> 1936. Wow. Long time, long time. <laughs> All right, and that is your Wednesday Wikipedia for February the 8th. And with that, it's a wrap. That two hours is gone. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you got some shout-outs for us. Well, just shout-out to uh, my mother and family that everybody's okay with the tornadoes down in the uh, in Louisiana and uh, Mississippi. So it's always a good thing. So shout out to them for continuing to be safe. And shout out to you for giving me an opportunity to, to chat with you again. And um, congratulations to the Patriots for winning the Super Bowl. And Atlanta fans, hold your head up. You know, you got a great team. But uh, thanks for Kyle Shanahan because them damn Niners, we're coming back, baby. <laughs> I know that's right I know that's right Alright so I want to shout out to everybody uh, In the chat room I see you MDCAP48 Thank you so much for tuning in Everybody online Everybody on the phone lines The uh, 661-670-678-508 678-926 That's my daddy Hey daddy 770-896-912-220 And 678-898 Once again also, too, Omar, first-time caller, and I truly, truly appreciate him calling in, talking to, t- talking to us tonight. Of course, to Janelle, our longtime resident Falcon fan, and um, like I said, she missed my disclaimer earlier, but um, I was not speaking about her <laughs> when I was speaking about the other, uh, um, I don't want to call them fake, but uh, just uh, not loyal Falcon fans, but Janelle was nowhere in that conversation. <laughs> And, of course, shout-out to my brother, D for calling in tonight, representing the Super Bowl champion, Patriots. Uh, all right, uh, let's see. Tonight, uh, oh, it was Bobby Brown who was featured, so he had a birthday on February the 5th. Birthdays today, uh, Nick Nolte, uh, Joe Hayden, the baseball manager, Gary Coleman, he would have been 49 today, but he died in 2010. Uh, Kimbo Slice, wrestler, uh, he died in 2016. He would have been 43 today. Uh, actor Pooch Hall is 40, and Clay Thompson of the Warriors turns 27 today. So happy birthday to them. Um, a happy belated birthday to my friend Jason Kelman, uh, to a dear friend uh, who has um, passed uh, passed away, but Miss Lucy Mathis, a.k.a. Mama Mathis, and, of course, to my uh, number one angel, um, just uh, – yeah, my angel in heaven, my great-grandmother, Miss Lucinda Carr, a.k.a. Mave. So they would have uh, would have and did celebrate a birthday yesterday, February the 7th. Of course, to my wonderful, amazing co-host, my main fan, Mr. Silicon Valley himself, Marlon, shout-out to you, and shout-out shout out to Aunt Lou for bringing the strength once again with Lucinda's lyrics. Yes, I played the uh, somber music because I knew I had a feeling she was going to talk about the Super Bowl, but I wanted to give a little somber feel <laughs> for my homegirl, Janelle, there. So I'm looking out for you, Janelle. I was. 
And, of course, last but by no means least to my mom, Miss Denise Green. Shout out to you just for everything you do and uh, for everything you do for LL Sports 2 for me. I love you, Essie. All right, so that's going to do it for this week. We'll be back when? Next Wednesday, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to join me, 347-826-7924, or log on to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash LL Sports 2, or hit me up, Facebook, Tina D. Jackson. You can catch me live on Facebook as well. All right, and so with that, it's only one thing left. Yes, TJ's uh, motivational moment. But as a Chicago Bulls fan, I can relate to supporting a dynasty. Now, yeah, I'm a diehard 49ers fan, but I wasn't cheering there, you know, during the early years and through all the disappointments before they were able to capture their first Super Bowl uh, victory back in 1981. But I was there cheering during the late 80s before Michael got his Robin and Scottie Pippen and the supporting cast of Horace Grant, B.J. Armstrong, John Paxson, and all the others. Through the beatdowns with the Knicks and the devastating losses to the Pistons. And I remember the pure jubilation of capturing our first championship in the 1991 season. And every championship victory after that, the celebrations became sweeter. And you cherish them a little more. Because when you're on top, you realize how much harder it is to stay on top. And you find out how many people want to see you fall from the top. Now let's fast forward to Sunday. Unless you were a Patriots fan, it appeared that everyone was pulling for the Falcons to dethrone Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Of course, the city of Atlanta and the state of Georgia, but also just your casual sports fans. Most sports analysts, commentators, and the majority of social media were pulling for the Atlanta Falcons. And why? Because Atlanta had never won a championship? It's possible. Because Atlanta had the better team? Perhaps. Or because people flat out don't like the Patriots. Bingo! <laughs> now, whether you believe they cheat or not, or whether you're tired of hearing how great Tom Brady and Bill, Bill Belichick are, you cannot deny that they are a well-oiled machine over there at Foxborough, and that they have created a winning culture at that organization. Period. And that's the same thing with life. You know, there are some people who just don't want to see you win. They'll find ways to try and tear you down, try and speculate as to why you are able to get ahead, and sometimes just flat out lie on you in hopes to turn people against you. But what you have to realize is that everybody ain't on your level. And I'm a living witness to the fact that favor ain't fair. See, people don't know what struggles you've been through or the hard work you put in behind the scenes. They don't know how many failures you've endured before experiencing the sweet smell of success. And it's not a spirit of conceit that you should thrive in, but a spirit of confidence that you should flourish. And that's what should flourish through you. So I say congratulations to the New England Patriots, and especially to you, Tom Brady. You know, there's the saying that cheaters never win, and winners never cheat. And well, you can't have it both ways. So either the Patriots are cheaters or they are winners. And if you haven't figured it out yet, which one they are, you never will.
I'm TJ, and that's my motivational moment. Until next time, be good to others, be good to yourself, but most of all, y'all be blessed. Warriors at the Thunder this coming Saturday in uh, NBA primetime. Y'all make sure to catch it. Otherwise, enjoy. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Wednesday. Bye-bye. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.